Welcome back. No, t- no, you do. I got this. I got this. Just do what you're doing. I got this. Do what you're doing. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Oh, okay. You sure? You, you sped me up. No, I, no, I'll talk for a little bit. Do what you gotta do. Well, you're missing something. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm not done with that. I, I was talking to you. Oh, Welcome it. back to Night Swims, a podcast hosted by two idiots who think they know everything about mysteries, conspiracies, and strange phenomena. I am your host, Douglas Green, and sitting alongside me, reclined in a, in, in a chair, is the other host. Comfy. Jackson Houston. Hopefully that doesn't accelerate your yawns. <laughs> no. It won't. Uh, it's been a while. Um, a couple things have happened since then. Dawson never got back, got back to me about the movie podcast. But then we ended up having to... Uh, Quarantine for two weeks due to COVID. COVID. So that was, when, what day was that? It was September 20th, I think is when Sundays we had to ago. start. Maybe. So we're still not done, but um, we're getting there. But yeah, so that's where we were. Just kind of got really just. Oh, there was a hurricane. There was a hurricane. Yeah, yeah a that's hurricane. what it was as well. There was a hurricane. As well, there was just a lot of stuff going on. It's been a well. It was we posted on the 11th. The hurricane was that following week. Yeah, literally. And then the week after that, we had to be in quarantine. Haven't been to work in two weeks. Oh my god, I totally forgot that the hurricane was like right before all that. Yeah. Wow. So I haven't had a normal schedule since about three weeks ago. Me too. I didn't even think about that. I guess 9/11 was when everything went downhill. (laughs) <laughs> like for well yeah. obviously for the country as well but for us and everything well, we matter more so. there was there was an interesting well yeah so we're back we got three episodes coming today tomorrow and the next day you're welcome because we care so much and I uh, am very disappointed that there was no reach out about the movie topic but you know it is what it is <laughs> The Packers are 2-0. and Hopefully, Monday night, when I watch them at Nixon's, they're going to be 3-0. and Fingers crossed. Well. But there was an interesting... Don't, don't jinx it. ...conspiracy that happened. And I can't remember the exact date. In my notes, I edited it on September 17th, so I'm going to say on this day is when it happened. Have you heard of someone named Lee Meng... Lee Meng... Yan or Yan Li Ming, Meng. No, I haven't. She's a Chinese vi- virologist who claims, COVID. as part of her work, to have been aware of person-to-person transmission of COVID-19 in late December 2019, and ha- and to have tried to communicate the risks to those higher up the chain of command in January of 2020. She alleges that the Chinese government and the WHO knew about the person-to-person transmission of COVID-19 earlier than they reported or made public and suppressed both her research and others. In April 2020, she fled to the United States where, in September, so recently, she co-authored a widely disputed preprint research paper alleging that the SARS-CoV-2 was made in a Chinese government laboratory. Uh Uh-oh. Now, the reason I bring it up is because keeping up with the fact that big businesses like to suck China's dick... I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It's quite factual. The NBA um, ran into some hot water last year 
dealing with that and the Hong Kong protests and everything, but I won't get into that. Um, her Twitter account was disabled hmm. completely. No longer is being allowed to make tweets. The only other person, I'm pretty sure, of high status who's dealt with that before was, of course, Alex Jones, yeah. who, yeah. as I've explained, is crazy, but not as crazy as he's made out to be. Well, I mean, the whole gay frog theory is okay, pretty, but that it's pretty factual. No, 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 okay, but that <laughs> I think I've been over this. He did not. The argument was that not him literally saying that he was a hypothetical. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If you listen to podcasts with him, it's actually really informative how like how much shit is taken out of context for him. Like he sued, I remember Megan Kelly. Like he did an interview with I think Megan Kelly and he sued her because a lot of the interviews where he talked about like shit that people could like that seemed believable and was like factual and everything, they cut out to make him yeah. seem delusional, which is if you think about it, kind anything. of like communism. I don't trust Speaking anything. of communism, Speaking COVID. <laughs> so back to where we were. Um, that was a nice uh, little there you full go. circle. So yeah, so Lee Meng Yan. I wonder if there's any... Let me see if there's any updates on here real quick before I um, explain. Lee Meng Yan. Okay. Lee, um, okay. Or is it... Yen Meng, I don't even, you twisted the name at the first Um part. She's been on YouTube video. So, okay, so yeah, so it's L-I-M-E-N-G-Y-A-N. So she hasn't been whacked. No, because luckily she fleed. Yeah, fled. Oh, what is this? Has, who's Steve Bannon? Oh, White House, former White House chief strategist. Okay, whatever, I'm not, I don't know, if you want to read about her, you can. But the reason this is interesting is because, one, as we all know, China, much like North Korea, likes to lie to the public and make things seem in their best interest. Much like North Korea. Much like the United States, too. Well, you know, well, what does the United States hide from the public? Like, we don't, like, we don't go, like, Donald Trump is not dead he just had a heart attack. Okay, and he'll be that, fine. no, I'm not saying we're at, at that extreme. That's what I'm talking Although about. I could see that happening. That's what I'm talking about. Just like, to see who celebrates China? and who doesn't, then Hold kill on, off those to, guys. I need to adjust this. Um, tell me your thoughts on the Lee Men Yen. Um, no, that's definitely plausible that it was made in. I, I mean, I thought that since I heard about it, it was made in a lab. What are you trying to do? I'm moving this out uh, of the way. But, um,. But yeah, no, that I think that's that's probably true. Most likely. I hope I don't get whacked for saying that. So the reason I find that interesting is because um, several months ago, before she came out with all this, a big documentary came out uh, basically claiming that uh, coronavirus was in fact made into a lab. What was that documentary? When? No, what was it? What was it called? Oh, I... It, so I remember that. I don't remember either. I'm sure you could find it if you Google it. <coughs> but, um... Yeah, the documentary said that it was made in a lab, and the reason it was made in a lab is because China, um... wanted... They wanted to prove to the world that they were able to combat diseases on their own. So they it was essentially... Sort of like, um, you know, okay, here's a good, here's a good way to look at it. You know, those boardwalk people 
who try to guess people's weight mm-hmm. and they have a plant in the audience. Yeah. That's basically boardwalk. The guesser is China and the plant is COVID. But imagine that he taught, he, um, guessed the wrong person, insulted them, and then they killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically, I think that's a pretty sound hypothetical yeah. or uh, pretty sound. Um, analogy analogy yeah thank you yeah yeah i think that is most likely the case no most definitely the case Mm -hmm. Um, and if you are one of those people that believes that that's not true china literally has gotten rid of currency and gives people benefits based on the point system they have created because of all the cameras they have in their country they're also run by a communist party which is saying china is a communist state is a pretty factual claim so i think the claim that it was made in a lab is not far-fetched in the slightest no no well i just watched um or finished utopia it's got dwight Schrute in it and it's basically about this comic book that has been illustrated and written. Oh, the the American version that came out on Amazon. Yeah. Because yeah. some people might know yeah, the British The Amazon ori- original remake. Um, I call I it an... A, oh, I guess it is an Amazon original. Yeah. Um, but it was very interesting and in how that they predicted different um, diseases and stuff like pandemics. Um but the mysteries about it, like, the way they found it out were, like, really easy for, like, for them to find it out. So it was kind of disappointing, but it was also really pretty cool. Um, and it just made me think of this whole situation. This big company creates a virus, tries to spread it around a country to create a pandemic and kill a bunch of people to make the earth, to bring the population down and all that. But That's been the topic of a lot of stuff. Yeah. Where's the Swiffer? Are you going to do that right now? No, I was just thinking about it's a, it. It's in the closet. We'll have to find that. <laughs> I just looked up and noticed how dirty those are. Yeah. Just turn the fan on and spray it everywhere. I'm not, no, I'm, I'm glad it's off. So, uh, last time we talked about Gloria Ramirez was the last episode. The toxic lady. Yes. And I th- said that I was going to have another alien thing, but I'll be honest. The last couple alien things kind of, you know, I don't want to keep pushing, oh, alien this, alien that. Because, you know, I haven't talked about something that's non-extraterrestrial in a long time, I feel like. I think the last time you did was the last Uncovered. Yeah, it'd be the Uncovered. But, like, before that, I think there was even more alien stuff that I talked about. I think it's just, it's been a lot of alien stuff. It's been a lot of alien stuff, yeah. Yeah. So I thought I would change it up a little bit this week. Well, we week. talked about aliens in the last podcast, too. Did we? Yeah. Cause oh, because she might be an alien? She might have been an alien or an interdimensional traveler. Interdimensional traveler. That makes sense. But I thought that today I would kind of Well, it is, it. it's the start of spooky season. Is this going to be a spooky to- topic? No. Happy October 1st, by the way. Right. Or Happy October... Never mind. No? October sure? 1st or October 2nd. We don't know. Or f- 13th. They could be listening on the 13th. <laughs> well, okay, so no, I didn't even think about that. 
it being um, spooky season to do a. I put up Halloween decorations. Well, no, no, to do a, like a, a spooky topic. Yeah, I was I'll just definitely do that for the one we make. We're gonna get spookier and spookier as it gets closer to yeah. Halloween. So today, I actually have a. It's just about a guy just named a dude? John Titor. Titor? 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 No. John Titor. T I T O R. I don't know. Titor? I don't know. Titor. I don't know. Titor. Titor. John T. John, yeah, we'll just. I guess that would be a good name. John Tit. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, uh, so John T. is a name used on several bulletin boards during 2000 and 2001 by a poster claiming to be an American military time traveler from 2036. Is this the guy who claims he's from a fake country or something or a country that doesn't exist? No, that's a short story yeah. that people have taken to be like an actual thing. Oh. So. Huh. Yeah. Well. Let's hear more about John T. Uh, He made numerous vague and specific predictions regarding calamitous events in 2004 and beyond, including a nuclear war, none of which came true. Subsequent closer examination of of John's assertions provoked widespread skepticism, inconsistencies in his explanations, the uniform inaccuracy of his predictions, and a private investigator's findings all led to the general impression that the entire episode was an elaborate hoax. A 2009 investigation concluded that John was likely the creation of Larry Haber, a Florida entertainment lawyer, along with his brother Maury, a computer scientist. So this is more than likely not 100% true, but I thought it was very interesting, and I have an interesting theory at the end. Okay. And this way we don't spend too long on this so we can get into yours. Spooky. Yes. Um... So the What's first the T on John T. Yeah. I just thought that I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt you. Did but you? No, keep going. Yeah, just, keep going. Well, I was just I was that's my little catchphrase for this episode. What's the T on John T? The more I say it, the more terrible it sounds. Yeah. So the first posts using John T's military symbol appeared on the Time Travel Institute forums on November second, two thousand, under the name Time Traveler. Or time travel underscore zero. Wait, time travel institute? Is that what you said? What? Time travel institute forums? Yeah, the time travel institute forums. What's the time travel institute? Uh, well, now I gotta look that up. Why didn't you before? Because <laughs> I didn't think it would be the like. Here, I'll I'll be your looker upper. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. Time travel. Yeah, that's that's the military thing. Time Travel Institute is dedicated to the research and exploration of the temporal sciences. Together, we can make the future happen today. Interesting. And that is interesting, actually. That's hmm. like that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's a real website. So, uh, at the time, the name John T was not being used. The posts discuss time travel in general. The first one being the six parts description of what a time machine would need to have to work. See below. We'll, we'll see below. 
and responses to questions about how such a machine would work. Early messages tended to be short. A second thread was also made due to shortcomings in the forum software at the time. The name John Titor was not introduced until January of 2001, when Time Travel underscore Zero began posting at the Art Bell BBS forums, which required a name or pseudonym for every account. The Titor posts ended in late March 2001. Around 2003, various websites reproduced his posts, rearranging them into narratives. Not all refer to the original dates posted. In his online postings, he claimed to be an American soldier from 2036 based in Tampa, Florida. He was assigned to a governmental time travel project and sent back to 1975 to retrieve an IBM 5100 computer, which he said was needed to debug various legacy computer programs in 2036, a possible reference to the Unix year 2038 problem. What is that? I don't know. What is that? The year 2038 problem relates to representing time in many digital systems as the number of seconds passing since 000000 UTC on January 1970 and storing it as a signed 32-bit integer. Such implementations cannot encode times after 31407 UTC on January 19, 2038. Similar to the Y2K problem, the year 2038 problem is caused by insufficient capacity used to represent time. So our clocks are going <laughs> to bust or something? Well, that's what Y2K was. Yeah. So maybe 2038 is going to have another... Like, we just can't... I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, ever since 2012, how many, how many um, doomsday... Doomsdays have been predicted since 2012. Oh. I remember there was one in May of 2011 too. So many. There's I I don't even. There's a lot. Uh, but the IBM 5100 runs the APL and BA, oh, I guess that would just be Apple. A, the APL. APL and basic programming languages. Uh, John T said he had been selected for this mission specifically, given that his paternal grandfather was directly involved with the assembly and programming of the 5100. In support of this, he described unpublicized features of the 5100, leading to assumptions that a computer scientist was behind the postings. Uh, John T. claimed to be on a stopover in the year 2000 for personal reasons to collect pictures lost in the future Civil War and to visit his family, of whom he spoke often. He also had been, for a few months, trying to alert anyone that would listen about the threat of Kreutzfeldt Jacobs disease spread through beef products and about the possibility of civil war within the United States. Seems like this guy's just letting loose different things. When questioned about them by an online subscriber, he also expressed an interest in mysteries such as UFOs, uh-huh. which he claimed remained unexplained in his time. Uh, John T. suggested that UFOs and extraterrestrials might be time, might be travelers from much further into the future than his own time with superior time machines. That's that a good is, thought. Yeah, that is That's a, a good, good thought. thought right there. So the time machine. Uh, he described his time machine on several occasions. In an early post, he described it as a stationary mass temporal displacement unit powered by two topspin dual positive singularities producing a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. Yes. That thing. All right, Douglas, explain <laughs> that. Um, well, first, uh, repeat the word so I know exactly what I'm talking about. Or words. Tim- I heard temporal. 
Tipler. Tipler. Sinusoid. Tipler sinusoid. Um, So, Tipler is about your temples on your head, and they connect to your sinuses. Uh, And yeah, um, you're welcome. That's it. (laughs) That's all you got? Well, it's correct, so yes. Y'all are welcome. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. All right. So the earliest post was more explicit, saying it contained the following. Two magnetic housing units for the dual micro-singularities, an an electron injection manifold to alter mass and gravity of the micro-singularities, a cooling and x-ray venting system, gravity sensors or a variable gravity lock, four main cesium clocks, three main computer units, and according to the post, the device was installed in the rear of a 1967 Chevy Corvette, and later mentioned a 1987 truck having four-wheel drive. So, although invoking the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics, multiverse, Mm -hmm. um, whereby events from his timeline may differ from our own, he also expressed assurance that the differences were minimal. As such, his descriptions have been interpreted as predictions and compared with historical events since 2001. The most immediate of Titter's predictions were of an upcoming civil war in the United States having to do with order and rights. He described it as... Oh, the page froze. Hold on. (laughs) He described it as beginning in 2004 with civil unrest surrounding the presidential election of that year. Uh, The civil conflict... This civil conflict that he characterized as having a Waco-type event every month that steadily gets worse, would be pretty much at everyone's doorstep and erupt by 08. Hmm. As a result of the war, the United States would split into five regions based on various factors and differing military objectives. This civil war, according to Titter, would end in 2015 with a brief but intense... World War III. Oof. And that was supposed to be in 2008? It was supposed to end in 2015. Oh. Uh, he refers to the exchange Oh, sorry. I'm going to sit up. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. He refers to the exchange as N-Day. Washington, D.C. and Jacksonville, Florida are specifically mentioned as being hit. After the war, Omaha, Nebraska would be the new U.S. capital. And he was vague as to the exact motivations and causes for World War Three. At one point, he characterized the hostilities as being led by border clashes and overpopulation. He also pointed to the contemporary conflict between Arabs and Israel as not a cause, but rather a milestone that precedes a hypothetical World War III. Titter claimed that as a 13-year-old in 2011, he joined the Fighting Diamondbacks, a shotgun infantry unit in Florida for at least four years. In another post, he described himself as hiding from the war. Uh, He claimed that the Everett Wheeler model of quantum physics, better known as the Many Worlds Interpretation, Ooh, that looks interesting and confusing. Sounds like you're just reading like a sci-fi novel. I know. It's weird. It's cool. Uh, Yeah, so we claim that that uh, interpretation was correct and accurate. And according to Titter, this caused news time stream 
caused a new time stream to form because of his time travel. This gives his predictions the ability to stand up to scrutiny when they fail to pass, since believers can say the events were averted by Titter's postings. So, um, in terms of criticisms and uh, being proven false and stuff like that, uh, the New Republic, which is a American magazine, uh, called Titter the most famous of several internet forums posters who claim to be time travelers. And an Italian television program called Voyager a Confini della Conoscenza. Yeah. Buongiorno. <laughs> aired the results of an investigation of John Titter on May 19, 2008. Private investigator Mike Lynch found no registry evidence past or present of any individual named John Titter. He did, however, identify the John Titter Foundation, a for-profit company formed on September 16, 2003, with no office or address other than a rented post box in Kissimmee, Florida. An IP address uh, connected with Titter also geolocated to Kissimmee. 2009, a report by... John Houston of the Hoax Hunter website named Larry Haber, a Florida entertainment lawyer, as the CEO of the foundation. Lynch concluded that Haber and his brother, Maury Haber, a computer scientist, were very likely the men behind John Titter, whom they actually introduced in 1998, accompanied by different predictions, including chaos due to the Y2K quote-unquote bug. Uh, John Houston also reported that John Titter is a registered trademark with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. That's it. I'm trying to figure something out. What are you trying to figure out? Hold on. What are you doing? Hold on. Titer. It's tighter. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you for including that. Tighter. But that's all on John Titer. So he's a military time traveler from 2036. Is that, is that correct? What do you mean? Is, is the year he claims to be from 2036. And he... And seemingly all these events happened, but because of his postings, they were all avoided. Well, in the many worlds interpretation, uh, it caused a new time stream to form because of his time travel. So this gives his predictions the ability to stand up to scrutiny when they fail to pass, since believers can say that the events were averted by his postings. But my theory is, although this kind of goes along with the many worlds interpretation... Which, just to go over that real quick, because I feel like it'll be some topic of discussion, it's an interpretation of quantum mechanics that asserts that the universal wave function is objectively real, that there is no wave function collapse. This implies that all possible outcomes of quantum measurements are physically realized in some world or universe. In contrast to some other interpretations, such as the Copenhagen interpretation, this evolution of reality as a whole in multi-many-world interpretation is rigidly deterministic. Many Worlds is also called the Relative State Formula or the Everett Interpretation after physicist Hugh Everett, who first proposed it in 1957. And Bryce DeWitt popularized the formulation and named it Many Worlds in the 60s and 70s. Um, 
Oh, so the Schrodinger, Schrodinger's cat is like mm-hmm. a, a theory of many worlds. And then in many worlds, the subjective appearance of wave function collapse is explained by the mechanism of quantum decoherence. Decoherence approaches to interpreting quantum theory uh, have been widely explored and developed since the 70s and have, been co- have become quite popular. And NWI is now considered a mainstream interpretation along with the other decoherence interpretations, collapse theories, and hidden variable theories. Uh, the many worlds interpretation implies that there are many universes, perhaps infinitely many. It is one of many multiverse hypotheses. Hypothesis. Hypotheses. Thank you. In physics and philosophy. And MWI views time as a many-branched tree wherein every possible quantum outcome is realized. This is intended to resolve some paradoxes of quantum theory, such as the EPR paradox and Schrodinger's cat, since every possible outcome of a quantum event exists in its own universe. What is the EPR paradox? I don't even want to go into this right now. (laughs) Schrodinger's cat. We all know Schrodinger's cat. All right, so I'm a a kindergartner, right? Uh Uh-huh. Explain that to me like I was a kindergartner. Did you not follow along with that? <laughs> a little bit. Okay, so the many worlds... So what it's basically saying is... Um, okay. You come up to a stoplight. Yeah. You can either go left, right, right. or straight. So... At that moment... No, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. At that moment, in the many worlds interpretation, in that timeline... You go all you, ways. Each way yeah. is explored in each different paradox. Which I have never heard of the NWR until now, but I really like that theory, and that holds a lot of ground, and that seems pretty believable. So I might have to change my theory on John Titor, Titor, whatever his name is. But yeah, so the many worlds interpretation is basically that if when you do when you come in when you come to a decision of some kind. Every possible outcome. Those other waves don't collapse. Every possible outcome is then yeah. goes out into that's, its see, own that's, thing. That's what I thought. I got it. Yeah. So it's an ever changing or it's an ever growing tree branch, basically. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that is. So, so like if we didn't choose to record this podcast right now. No, there's a, a another way to think about this is if the many worlds interpretation is real in a different time paradox right now we are not recording a podcast. In another time paradox right now, we never made a podcast. That's true. Holy shit. In another time paradox, we probably aren't in this apartment just because of all these different things that could have happened because there's so many different decisions. So what puts us right here right now? Our time that we are in. Every decision that we made, butterfly effect, essentially, has led to this moment. Yeah. So... Literally, the Jeez, weirdest. I'm, I'm like going back. In no, my yeah, head. it's weird, but like you can literally trace back every little thing you've ever done to one specific event. Yeah, basically, because Being it born. all leads to another event. What? Being born. <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. So the many, yeah. So the many. <laughs> so worlds, what's your theory? My theory. You have to change it now, like you said. Is that well? My original theory was that. He just is from a parallel universe, and he went came into the wrong universe, but he doesn't know that. Yeah. And so he just made all these claims, but it ended up being a different universe. But now it's the fact that it's the MWI interpretation, or the MWI, I guess is just what it would be called. I have to say that I kind of want to explore the MWI more. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. But to quickly go over the theory and everything, I think what if... We're looking at this if this is real. Obviously, there is evidence to show that it is fake. 
Which is always a possibility. I mean, this kind of seems like something that really can't be factually proven. It can't, uh, but it also... Until we have a better understanding yeah. of this whole quantum realm shit. Yeah. Um, so, I don't... Yeah, we're looking at this like it is real. So, in the case of it being real, my theory is that through the many world interpretation he broke off into the timeline where the civil war at the election did not where something happened at the election because he said it started in the 2004 election culminated in 2008 and ended by 2015 Mm -hmm. I think if it were to be real using the many world uh, interpretation at the point where in 2004 it broke off to have both results happen, or however many results happen. Going through the time space like thing, going back in time, he went into the wrong one. Because mm-hmm. if if the if the theory of time travel is real and you associate or you combine it with the many worlds interpretation, then you have it basically to where you have to jump at the right paradox yeah. at the right time point in the right decision. Yeah. Which which you could also argue is why time travel has not become a everyday thing right now because it's so complicated if the many world thing is in fact real which that's a pretty good theory so i like to i now am a supporter of the many world interpretation because that makes a lot of sense have you seen the cloverfield paradox no i heard that movie wasn't that good i mean compared to the other cloverfield movie it's probably not the second one was awesome yeah but um that sort of goes into this whole thing many world yeah Interesting. It's weird. Huh. You should watch it. Maybe but, I will. Um, so yeah, I think that that yeah. If it's being real, he just ended up coming back into the wrong uh, paradox. That just opened my brain hole. That was weird and interesting, for sure. Like at first, I was like, oh. But then we started talking about this whole quantum realm thing, and that's something I really don't understand. But it's kind of like I get a little bit of a grasp on it. Oh, and they're not. I, uh, so they're not called paradoxes when I'm talking about like different moments. They'd be called. I looked it up. They'd be called quantum events. Yeah. So a quantum event is when something branches off, and then those separate points are known as branches. The I kept saying paradoxes because at the end it talks about this is used to solve paradoxes in you in the universe as a whole so they're not called paradoxes they're called branches and quantum events Mm -hmm. sorry continue Mm -hmm. yeah no this is it's just something that i don't really understand but i have a a kind of a grip on and i'm like okay i can see how that you know can work and so that's why i'm like "Ah," you know so i mean i'm not like quite on your level of agreements, but I can definitely see where you're like, why you are, uh, like into this now. And now goodbye aliens. Hello, quantum realm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could tie that in. Oh, you totally could. Yeah. But, um, what he said, what John Titter, if whether it be real or not, said was a good point. The UFOs that we all see couldn't be UFOs. They could just be people yeah. traveling from farther back. Or from farther ahead back with just more advanced technology. Well, I mean, so how does that explain the way they look, too, though? Well, no, I'm just saying... It's either 
We look. No, I'm just saying UFOs that people see that like never like you never see like humanoid figures and you just see the yeah. vehicle. Yeah. Oh, so to, okay. So another in case people are still confused. So, uh, according to the Many Worlds interpretation, um, in Schrodinger's cat, every quantum event is a branch point. The cat is both alive and dead, even before the box is open, but the alive and dead cats are in different branches of the universe, both of which are equally real, but do not interact with each other. That's another way to mm-hmm. look at it, which is a good explanation. So, bas- so Schrodinger's cat, you know what it is? No. So Schrodinger's cat, it's a thought experiment or a paradox where you essentially you put a cat in a box you close it and it's either dead or alive but you you won't know which one it is until you open the box yeah so for all but but you could also just not leave not open the box and then it won't just be it'll be you will never know i mean i'll open that box True. If it's my cat, I'll open the box. I am curious on what the EPR paradox is. Uh, are you done, though? I'll let you yeah, finish first. Yeah. I'm listening to you. So what are your thoughts on John Titter? Um, I mean, it's it's definitely, there's room for skepticism. Um, when, it, when it just comes to time travel, I don't know. It's just time a whole... Time travel s- is confusing. It's a whole thing. But, um, I mean, once I get get a grip on the whole kit and caboodle then I'll be like oh okay but I need to I need to just get a better understanding for all that mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever researched anything on time travel I mean uh, besides some of the small events in the Bermuda Triangle with like wormholes and stuff Project Pegasus is a good thing for time travel I might do at some point because that's really interesting but the EPR paradox is the Einstein Podolsky Rosen paradox which is a thought experiment proposed by Albert Einstein, Boris Podolsky, and Nathan Rosen, with which they argued that the description of physical reality provided by quantum mechanics was incomplete. In a 1935 paper titled, Can Quantum Mechanical Description of Physical Reality Be Considered Complete? They argued for the existence of elements of reality that were not part of quantum theory and speculated that it should be... it should be possible to construct a theory containing them, which is a hidden variable theory. Resolutions of the paradox have important implications for the interpretation of quantum mechanics. The thought experiment involves a pair of particles prepared in an entangled state. Uh, They pointed out that in this state, if the position of the first particle was measured, the result of measuring the position of the second particle could be predicted. If instead the momentum of the first particle was measured, then the result of the measuring, then the result of measuring the momentum of the second particle could particle could be predicted. They argued that no action taken on the first particle could instantaneously affect the other, since this would involve information being transmitted faster than light, which is forbidden by the theory of relativity. They invoked a principle later known as the EPR criterion of reality, posting that if Without any way disturbing a system, we can predict with certainty the value of a physical quantity, and there exists an element of reality corresponding to that quantity. From this, they infer that the second particle must have a definite value of position and momentum prior to either being measured. 
This contradicted the view associated with Niels Bohr and Werner Heisenberg, according to which a quantum particle does not have a definitive value of a property like momentum until the measurement takes place. So that's basically... Okay, let me try and figure this out. <laughs> the ending the ending thing where they're saying, where Niels Bohr and Werner Heisenberg say that a quantum particle does not have a definitive value of property uh, until the measurement takes place is the same thing as people saying a rock is not hard until you touch it. As yeah. in, up until the last moment, it then becomes... Yeah, who's to say that rocks aren't living and then as soon as you try and touch it, it just tenses up and it's super hard. Yeah. So, I'm... Guessing through the EPR paradox, they're saying that if you measure one particle, you're then able to tell what the other particle's value, momentum, and everything is. But there's no way of knowing that. Because like, what they're saying is, is that if you know, if you have knowledge of one thing, with that knowledge, you can then create the reality of, you can cr predict the reality of the other, of object B. I don't think that. Which I guess would, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about quantum physics. I just learned <laughs> no about... shit. I, <laughs> I mean, I might come off like I know what the fuck <laughs> I'm talking about, but I don't. Like, I just learned what MWI means, and I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> I understand MWI more than I understand the other one. So, I mean, okay, what so does the word quantum mean? You Google that. I don't want to Google that. Hey, Siri. What oh, does my, you quantum mean? Mine. Oh. mine went away. What the fuck? <sighs> okay, hold on, hold on. I got it, I got it. What does the word quantum mean? Quantum. Quantum. Shoot. Uh, quantum of solace is what came up. Okay, quantum. <laughs> a discrete quantity of energy proportional in magnitude to the frequency of the radiation it represents. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was thinking. The hell does that mean? <laughs> Kudos to anybody who takes quantum yeah. physics. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Quantum physics seems very philo philosophical heavy. I feel like. Like, a lot of this is also, like, dealing with philosophy. Probably. Jeez. I usually just try to stay away from things that I don't, that I know I can't really understand. Besides, you know, the paranormal and all that stuff. But, I mean, in a way, this is all paranormal. Yeah, technically it would be uh, considered paranormal. So, I guess I have to dive right in. Oh, oh, that was my other theory. So my other theory about John Titor um, was that he was a part of a... He was a part of a universe or uh, time where the phantom time theory was not a theory. It was actually real. Mm. So, but I don't want to go too into, into the phantom time theory because that's literally my next topic. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> so, but in... The phantom time theory, you will understand more about. Just know that the, it, it basically theorizes that a large gap of human history never happened. Yeah. And we're not actually in the year 2020. Well, so, like so the, the theory... So the years, like, 
Somewhere in like the 1800s, I think, is the year we're actually in. Or like 1700s. Like, it's like a gap of like 1600s to the 1800s or something. Yeah. But so the theory with John Titor was that where he is from a time where that actually didn't happen in 2036 is much farther away. Yeah. Because if the Phantom Time theory is true, then he'd be like 200 years ahead of us. So that was my other so theory. So that would, that would mean that, that all I just of his remembered. theories from like 2008 and all that. Like happened, it's just way Yeah, we haven't experienced further. it yet. Yeah. Crazy. So that was that was a theory that I had. And then if you want to look at... On the timetravelinstitute.com, they literally have all of John Titter's, like, old forums and, like, pictures he apparently had and everything like that, which is actually pretty cool. So if you guys want to look this up yourselves, uh, just type Time Travel Institute, click on the website, and then scroll down on the homepage. He's literally, like, the second topic you can click on. Pretty cool. Yeah, the time theory now or time theory hypothesis will be my next topic uh, to get into. So that'll kind of explain John Titor a little bit more. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Um. Yeah. Uh, the next episode y'all hear will be re- very dumbed down because um, it'll, yeah, be, it'll be, be no, my topic. No theories of <laughs> M- no quantum no physics. No MWR or quantum physics or anything like that. It'll um, be pretty bare bones. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was interesting for sure. It was. From what I could understand. I'm a big fan now of MWI. Yeah. That is very interesting. MWI. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, we're going to go make Douglas's episode now. Not going to sugarcoat or anything like that. Yeah. It's just going to be me just being dyslexic and reading stuff. Yeah. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. A happy Thursday. Happy October 1st. It's spooky season. Yeah, that's, that's Dawson. That's get back it. to me on the podcast about the movies and um, Doobie. If you're listening, uh, let's figure out a day where you can do your uncovered. Happy almost birthday, Doobie! Happy her birthday's in a month. Yeah, I know. That's why I said almost birthday. All right. And I haven't seen her in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Any final remarks? Uh, What's today? October first. No, what was yesterday? What was yesterday? It was international podcast. It was. That's right. I posted something for it. He did, yeah. And then he, he's got something cool that yeah. he's going to post. Soon. It's good. We'll, we'll wait to talk about that after the podcast. But yeah, so um, happy belated international podcast day. Thank you all for all your sweet DMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There was so much support. Wow. Like, uh, there's this. Let me pull this one up. Uh, hey, Night Swims. Love you so much. Happy International Podcast Day. Keep up the good work. Thank you, uh, Jerome. <laughs> I have one, too, actually. <laughs> you do? Is it loading? Oh, here it is. Yeah, there you go. Hey, just want to say this is the best podcast I've ever listened to. You guys have truly opened my eyes up to some incredible things. And I just want to say your theories... And what you guys come up with is just truly remarkable. That's amazing. Yeah. And thank you to Ryan Reynolds for that Whoa. one. Don't My fact uncle check Ryan me Reynolds? on that. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> He's in Canada or something. He's in, does he really live in Canada? Is he Canadian? He is Canadian, yes. What? I don't know if he lives there. I wouldn't. Oh, no, I probably wouldn't. All right. Well, it's thank nice. you all for listening, and we will. You're we'll, welcome. We will see y'all on the next one, which for us will be very shortly, but for y'all will be a day. Bye-bye.